0: This is the Rev Thinking Podcast. Insights and conversation between creative entrepreneurs who know the best way to deal with the future is to create it.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. I think I've been on a roll now of 10 different clients that are dealing with some sort of cash issue, sales flow problem, pipe drive, emptying out issue. And so we've been talking um, recently about like, you know how to position people how to generate new sales and what have you and i know specifically you're walking through a four-part series with the confab group to discuss similar issues so right um let's put out there just begin with like i think that's what we're seeing as a slight trend it could just be a summer slump or something bigger as we've been pointing out for, for maybe a month or so now but joel what do you think the real problem is like when we're thinking about like hmm whatever this slowdown is, or let's just think globally, like when dealing with slowdown, what's the real problem and you know that people are talking about and how do we solve it?
0: Well, I'm going to actually like repeat a conversation I had about an hour ago. And Emmett, if your ears right, are burning when I say this. What I know is this, is that, of course, we know that every owner, I was there when I was running my studio, thinks they have a sales problem. Right, Tim? So whenever we say to a room full of owners... Hey, does anyone here have a sales problem? Every hand goes up, <laughs> right? This is classic. And I was talking with an owner just an hour ago, also saying, hey, we've been slow, things are quiet. Um, and of course, like you mentioned, a bunch of other owners are saying, hey, things are slowing down, but some are not. I, you know, I've know i had a few clients that we've talked to, owners that have said, hey, things are not slowing down for us. Should I be concerned, right? Like, are we the, are we the odd man out? And if I look at the patterns, I'm going to say broadly, and this is a big generalization, that we have a short-term problem that I would call sales, but we have a long-term problem that I would call marketing. Mm -hmm. Meaning, right? We we can go out and shake the trees. We can try and drum up business when things get slow, but that's not a long-term solution because we're just grabbing whatever's in front of us. We're going to take any job that comes our way. The long-term solution is this thing called marketing. And I, I noticed Jeremy from Polyester is here. He's going to you know, probably blush a bit when I quote him. But in this group session that we're going through in Confab, where we're talking about marketing as being this long-term thing that we do that builds awareness, it puts our expertise out there. It basically helps people in the real world like us, trust us, and then follow us so that when they sense a need, they already feel like there's a fit they reach out to us. We build a relationship. We do business together. I mean, a company that does that well can be pretty picky. And when things get slow, what happens is they start turning down less jobs. Uh, sorry, yeah, they start. They might turn down less jobs as opposed to, oh my gosh, we don't have any work. We just need to go grab whatever we can. And what Jeremy was telling me in in the group inside ConFab was what he had, had seen success was. Hey, if you do these things habitually over eight or nine or 10 years it's all these little things that add up so that it's not a solution in the short term but in the long term i want everyone to understand that your sales problem is really a marketing problem
1: yeah i almost want to summarize because how many times have you said those words um and i don't i think that we when a lot of people are talking about the sales problem they're having they're, what they're really seeing is a problem in the sales pipeline. So that's the, like the indicator, almost a symptom of the problem, but not the problem itself, right? That's one way think about. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I almost, almost wanna summarize your intention by saying, you might have a marketing problem, but sales is really a process. So you know the, the sales process, the process can have problems within it, but the the indicator you're seeing where you're looking at a lack of sale or lack of revenue in your sales pipeline often points to a marketing problem. But why? Tell, let's, let me ask you this question. I just want to go deep just for a second here. Why do you point towards marketing as the problem instead of sales as the problem? What what problem does marketing solve differently than sales, where you would identify it as a marketing problem?
0: Well, I, okay, so when I think of sales, I think of sales, I define it as when someone has intent. So I have a project, okay, I'm a client, right? I'm, I'm cocoa to the client, I have a a project, I have a need, I have intent. I need to find somebody that can help me solve this problem. Okay. That conversation, when you enter into it with me, Tim, we're in a sales conversation. Okay. But think of all the groundwork that was laid that enabled that t- conversation to ever happen. Okay. That's what we call marketing, meaning what are all the things that enable sales to do its work? So if I've never heard of you, obviously we can't have a sales conversation. If I'm not interested in you, I don't understand who you are, if I don't like you, if I don't trust you, if I don't understand your expertise, we're not going to have this conversation. So when you get into a short-term crunch as the studio owner or salesperson, and you say, we just need to go drum up some sales, now you perhaps have an understanding of, oh, we don't have this strong foundation from which to uh, take advantage of, or we don't have this strong foundation that's going to make this work easier. Right? we are started starting from scratch. You know, Do you want to do cold outreach mm-hmm. and try mm-hmm. and drum up business from a client you've never met, knowing yeah, that shot it takes several months right, or it takes a year to develop that relationship? So I don't know if I've answered your question. You tell yeah, me. Yeah,
1: no, it's great. It's really, truly so. If, if it is a lead, if you're losing leads, then you have a sales problem. There were leads, people showing intent. You dropped the ball, no one followed through. You said the wrong thing, creative didn't come through. That's a sales problem. If you have a yeah. lack of leads, that's not a sales problem. That's a marketing problem. Because it's marketing's job to generate the leads in order to create the problems that sales would have with those leads. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, with that in mind, with the problem we're seeing kind of now as an indicator, or whatever we're seeing now as an indicator, we're seeing a lack of leads in people's sales pipelines, lack of revenue coming in maybe some disruption in the in the sales pro, in the revenue projection process. So you're saying marketing problem. You're, I know you're going through this four-step process with the folks in Confab. Um, right. What's the first thing, if I was solving this problem with marketing, where would I start? What's the first thing I need to identify and address?
0: So the, our goal in this series is, we first of all said there's some prerequisites. So you have to have killer narrow positioning. So if I, Tim asked you, Hey, tell me about your studio. What do you do? It better be tight. It better be crisp, right? It better be awesome. And then that should, of course, be expressed on a great website, on a LinkedIn profile, on an Instagram, all these kinds of things, prerequisites. So if you don't have those, don't even worry about doing marketing because you're wasting your time. In terms of the four step process, the first step in the process is what I call claiming your expertise. What is the thing that point of view your voice. It could be your aesthetic. But what is that thing that is your expertise that you're going to go into a place like LinkedIn and say, hey, here's this awesome thing that we're about and the way that we create value, the thing that we're excited to share. You got to have that first.
1: Yeah. So that's this is often the place where if I'm a business owner, I often feel like a fraud I feel like I'm saying I'm an expert, but if I look around, there are other experts. So how can I claim that I'm the only or the premier expert when I don't necessarily feel that way or know how to express that without feeling a little bit hesitant?
0: Well, I would say this. If you've gone through the exercise of figuring out your positioning, you've probably asked all those existential questions, right? Like, who am I really? And what is it that I do in the world? And why does it matter? And then that positioning starts to express itself. So when you look at your website, your body of work, the portfolio that you share, when you share projects on LinkedIn, I hope you're not just saying, hey, check out our new project that we did for XYZ company. Okay. That's very presumptuous. But instead, if you're telling a story called, you know, we find that often a brand likes XYZ struggles to do this thing, to articulate its new offering or its product or whatever black lives matter is something that's important to be said in the world i mean whatever the thing is your work is the what that proves your why Mm -hmm. it's okay just get in touch with that right get in touch with that and realize yeah this actually comes from a deep place it's very meaningful to me and guess what when we do this and we flex this muscle we call expertise something happens in the world and people not only pay attention but clients pay us a lot of money for that result.
1: Yeah, I often feel like people, it comes so natural to some business owners, they forget that that's unique. Because they're thinking, doesn't everyone think this way? Doesn't everyone generate this way? Doesn't everyone process this way? And we know as knowledgeable outsiders, no, no, not everyone does it this way. Not everyone processes the way. And the way you're going to solve the problem is unique. And that's okay to claim and put yourself out there. But we're not always in touch with that unique quality because, again, it, as you said, feels so natural and it generates such easy results when we're kind of in that flow. We can't believe that that's a magic trick. It seems too easy to us.
0: Well, this is often a hint, right? What, what I tell people is the a, a hint to discovering your genius is what is the thing that comes easy to you that you take for granted? You think, oh, you know, whatever. When I get behind the camera you know, yeah, I do my thing, but other people go. wow. Okay. So like you said, Tim, there is this superpower that you have that may not seem like a big deal. You feel like a poser or an imposter when you, when you express it, but trust me, if I am your marketing person, I'm like, get out of the way. Cause I'm going to put that on stage. I'm going to talk about that all the time and it's going to be awesome.
1: Yeah. It's amazing. Truly just that one little trick, how, how little that, effort it takes to get the largest results. Um, All right, Good Joel, what comes next? The four-stop process. We have number one down. What's number two?
0: So number two is, okay, now we're going to start putting something out there into the world. Okay. We call this marketing. And I'm going to quote Jeremy again. Thank you, Jeremy, for this gem. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy is like, we he's on a (laughs) roll. I know. I I love this guy. Because when we were talking about marketing, he said, why do we call it marketing can't we just say it's making cool okay 4 letter word and i realized that's exactly what it is marketing is really just you making that awesome stuff that you make and it can be you might be passionate about doing a podcast you might be uh inspired about doing uh animated shorts whatever this thing is right you might be passionate about blogging and doing writing articles okay whatever your thing is let's not call it marketing let's call it making cool stuff then we say what's the friction this way for you to put that stuff out there now my term for that is micro content and what we just did uh what was it two days ago yesterday in confob we said we're going to make it right now i'm going to prove to these 30 people mm. every one of you owners turn off your camera and we're going to spend five minutes creating a piece of micro content and then we're going to publish it on LinkedIn right now, go. And guess what, everybody did it. I gave them a framework, said, here's your expertise, here's a framework, we're gonna express something, put it out there, go, get out of your own way. So step two is put it out there and the simple version is micro content on the platform that you love, play your strengths, whatever that thing is, if you like to grab a microphone, like Tim, you're good on camera, right? So we're going to put you on camera, whatever your thing is. So that's step two.
1: Um, I love that because it's actually very easy, so practical. Um, I, a couple of things to keep in mind, is, of course, is, is you have to know why you're making it. You could go make some random piece of content about baking cookies. You might really, really enjoy it, but that's not going to generate the leads you want to. So there is some f- focus in that micro content to make sure that's showing off some relevance and your genius in there.
0: And remember, there's the reason we're saying micro, okay? We're not saying macro content. That would be like, I'm going to go make my feature film, (laughs) right? And people have done that. And you know what? God bless them. But I also want you to make micro content. And by you, I mean your studio, right? This could be your marketing intern or uh, outside vendor, whatever. But the other thing I'm passionate about is I can take any business owner for the most part and ask them a couple questions. What were you passionate about yesterday when you were talking to that client? What got you all been out of shape about that other client? Put them on camera. They answer that question. Boom.
1: Mm.
0: Amazing, amazing 30 second, 60 second sound bite that displays their expertise. And I'm telling you, you post this micro content on a consistent, regular basis. Again, doing something you love. This is not marketing. This is just making cool stuff.
1: Two yep. easy tricks to get you get you stuck, you can always just write a thank you. That's a very easy piece of micro content. You can simply write thank yous to people for a collaboration cool. or simply call out somebody else's good work. Find something that's great, call it GERC, explain why you think it's good work. Not just like good work, but explain something about that work that shows your expertise and appreciation for it. So if you are stuck, super easy trick there. All right, yep. number 3 Joel, three or two down, two to go.
0: All right, number three is, I call it easy outreach. And this is simply finding your tribe on LinkedIn. I know it sounds way <laughs> practical, right? It's so pragmatic. But if I told you that that LinkedIn is playing this game right now, I don't know what's going on. They should be charging everybody $1,000 a month to use their platform, but it's free. So don't tell them. this. But what I know is when you start Going on that platform, and by you, this is probably your marketing person. There is this enormous capacity to reach out to people. If you have a great profile, you've been producing or sharing micro content, when you reach out and say, Hey, I'd love to connect, you're going to slowly build a ridiculous following. And there's this little thing. I almost hate saying this because it's such a trick. When someone accepts your invitation and says, Yeah, Tim, I'll connect with you, every time I post, I show up in your feed. Mm, Crazy. Okay. Think about that. So if I reach out to a thousand people that work at Amazon and 500 of them accept my invitation, that's 500 people, buyers that I'm showing up in their feed every time I publish my little micro content things. So you start to see the magic here, but so the challenge is of course, how do you find those people? How do you get them to connect? So that's, that's step three.
1: Um, um, by the way, just another little trick there too, the comments part of LinkedIn also works that way and it, it identifies the other people that have commented. So one way to kind of get in and get your name and be seen again is just going along with the conversation someone else started, adding, adding your name and your opinion into that conversation. So starting comments or following up the comments, super easy, and you will become part of that that whole process, and LinkedIn loves you to do that. So the more you do that, the more it, see, it has your stuff seen up front too. So if you, you want to yeah, play the I, game, it works very easily.
0: Tim, do you remember maybe six or seven years ago, the game was email, right? We're going to have a big email list, and we're going to send out thousands and thousands so whether they're cold emails or warm emails, or whatever. That that equation has totally shifted, and I don't want to sound like a LinkedIn um, you know, uh, salesperson, I, I, I'm just telling everybody right now that platform is crushing it, crushing Mm -hmm. it. So, um, go, go there and learn the LinkedIn magic, the mojo that you described, right? Like how you comment, how you like, Mm -hmm. how you post all this stuff, the sooner you learn it again, if you're a marketer, um, if that's not your genius, then just understand the principles and delegate it to somebody who has that as their genius.
1: Before we leave this, can I just share two pet peeves I have with LinkedIn that people need to check before they start getting too involved? Number one, check your bio, make sure everything's spelled correctly and get rid of anything that's not relevant. And second of all, this isn't your entire resume. Just put the work experience that's relevant to the work you wanna do in the future. The fact you worked at McDonald's and you're 17 years old is not relevant, please remove that you are p- positioning yourself. You are positioning yourself. Should I say this again? You are positioning yourself for future work. Don't have yeah. old stuff hanging around that's not relevant in there.
0: Thank you. And by the way, have right. your team also, okay? T- go yeah, your, your team, team, team too. Right? Yeah. Make sure everyone has the right title and they actually say they work at your company. Like, they don't work at McDonald's anymore. So yeah, there's a lot of cleanup and this is all that positioning work that we need to go through. It's like your your LinkedIn should look and sound like your website and sound like your Instagram and sound like consistency. Okay, just be really amazing and really consistent.
1: Yeah, have a company lunch. Everyone gets their laptop out and everyone updates their LinkedIn at that same moment. Play a game and get it all cleaned up together. Very, very Thank you. Right. As I say Thank that, you. I should go back and check my log stuff because I'm pretty sure I'm, <laughs> I'm just as big of a listener oh, as else.
0: Something else, that's a tiny little pet peeve of mine. It's okay. It's just a pet peeve of mine. I don't like profiles that are in the third person, because what I know is, Tim, when you sat down to write your LinkedIn profile, you didn't have a PR agent write it for you. Okay. Just my personal opinion, say I, okay, say I, and when you publish on LinkedIn, publish as I, not under company. Okay. Because people interact with people. They don't interact with companies.
1: Yeah, very smart. Again, I better go check mine. Somebody check my LinkedIn right now and tell me where I got it wrong. All right. Right. Fourth one. Here we go. We're five minutes left and one more to go. Here we'll we'll get it done.
0: Fourth one is keeping it real while scaling it up. Nice. So there's some yeah, there's some really interesting techniques where we're going to take that whole steps one, two, and three, and we're gonna say, okay, how do we scale that up? But do it in a way that's very human very human. It has to be personal. Okay. Why does it have to be personal? Because we're not selling widgets. We're not Amazon selling $20 sneakers. Okay. I'm a studio owner, Tim, and I'm reaching out to you, Coco, the client, and we're doing, you know, I'm trying to win your $100,000 project. That's a very different conversation than all of this SEO stuff or running ads or all this kind of stuff. It's a totally different game. So therefore we're going to be very focused and make sure that as we scale this up, meaning we're going to be using LinkedIn to reach out to hundreds or maybe thousands of people. How do we do that in a way that's very human, relatable, personal? That's that's so that's some, There's some magic in there.
1: Yeah. So always be you in a way. And I love that. In part. Yep. Okay. Um, just real quick, because I think we might have a question or two, um, by the way, if you have a uh, question, this is a good time to post it so that we can cover it. Um, We mentioned Confab earlier, and I don't think we've ever really said this publicly, but we should say, so Confab is a a group of business owners that are part of a small group that meet with you every Wednesday, and you process a topic or a series, in this case, a series um, covering one topic, um, and they just participate, and it's a mastermind. So people are coming in, they're participating, they're asking questions. It's a a dialogue-driven conversation.
0: Yes, it used to be a group of jumpstart alumni, so people who went through my accelerator when they graduated, they all said, "Hey, what next?" and we agreed, let's all hang out and, and do a weekly mastermind and just help each other. And that community has continued to grow and move forward, and as the as time has con- has passed, you know, inside the team at Rev, I think we said, "I think it's time for us to open this up to everyone in the the community, meaning Rev community, which is the community of owners." that hang out with us. And that community is free. Confab is a paid subscription, but I'm excited to, yes, open the doors to people who have not been through Jumpstart, but want to benefit from every week getting together with your people and processing things like, hey, I have a sales problem. Well, maybe, maybe it's a marketing problem. How do we solve that? And let's spend the next four weeks solving that. So I'm, yeah, I'm super pumped. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought it up
1: so for example you've had about 30 people going through this process with you now right now with the marketing you have two more weeks left let's uh-huh. do this that so can somebody post something in rev community at the top just people are interested in joining oh, up, they can do it and if you are a rev think client and you're not registered we just tell us we'll get you signed up because all clients are included already in that process yeah. um, all right so um if there are any questions we have i just saw that roxy po- posted something Roxy said, oh, yeah. "A tiny thing that they discovered was you can also add animation to your picture. So that's very cool, especially if you're an animation company. You can be more creative in your um, LinkedIn profile, and not just be stuck." That's
0: actually that. really smart because I think the other day I came across someone whose their you know their avatar, right, their profile picture was the person saying, "Hey there, I'm Bob." And I and I thought ah, I don't know about that, but Roxy makes a great point. She has a superpower called. I can animate something, so maybe it's her face with something animated. I don't know, but that's really cool. I love it.
1: Yeah, it's always important to like put your voice first in any way possible, right? A picture's worth a thousand words. If you are a designer, an animator, why not show your show it off and use your skills in in the same process? I um, also like this, like the thought of contributing to other other people and other to other people's benefit is always really huge in a creative collaborative community. So when you're out there and people are posting things that are part of the same community as you, I think it's important to follow along, like other people's things and contribute. Like That's the power of being in a small community together. And people are listening to this podcast and this video cast part of community. This is the moment you have to support one another. It's very easy as other people are posting, follow with them, appreciate them, like them and and be part of that community together.
0: I mean, look, there's definitely an an old school mm, belief or mentality that says, wait a minute, hanging out with competitors, that sounds risky, right? People are going to steal from me. And I would say, sure, maybe 1% of the time, you're going to share some knowledge or piece of information that someone might use that somehow could have benefited you instead of them. But 99, maybe 99.9% of the time, (laughs) there is so much to be gained. I mean, it is one of the most powerful things when an an owner gets connected to this tribe, these other peers, and they realize we're all on the same journey. We all have the same struggles. I'm so happy to share with you because we're going to make each other stronger. And sure, once in a blue moon, we might meet on the battlefield, right, and cross swords and I'm going to try and win the project and you're going to try and win the project. But that is, it's surprisingly rare. It's really rare.
1: It's better to think of it as a multiplier. You can multiply times one how many times something's done bad to you. You can multiply times 99, what the benefit would be. So uh, get yourself out there and do that work. Right, right.
0: Well, Tim, um, why don't you uh, give us our benediction?
1: (laughs) Yeah, of course. Um, As always, I just appreciate that. If you do have any other questions or follow-up, you can always find us on community. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And I want to know any other tips you have. You heard Joel's for posting tips, but any other things you have when it comes to marketing and outreach, we'd love to kind of always encourage each other to be part of that process. Just remember we exist so that you thrive in your business, in your life, in your career. So any way we can help you, please feel feel available. And if you're part of community and not talked to Connor yet, please sign up and do a one-on-one with Connor. He'll walk you through Rev Community, show you all the benefits. He can introduce you to Confab or other things that are going on. So please take advantage of our person there that can show you around. And Joel, as always, appreciate you jumping on, making this thing happen and sharing what's going on around the rev world.
0: Hey, I, I have to have, give my hats off to my ConFab members and my clients that I am always voraciously learning from them, right? I know I'm supposed to be the smart guy who teaches them everything, but I learned just as much as they do. And I am eternally grateful for all these smart, amazing people that I love so much.
1: All right. So until next week, we'll uh, see if we can't fix our webinar problem. But if not, we'll see you next week in the same webinar. Okay. Have a <laughs>
0: Thanks, one. Jim. Thanks, everyone. Right, bye.
1: bye. I want to tell you about a place to connect that you might not know about. It's our online community called Rev Community. It's a great place to get to know other creative business owners like yourself, to share some thought leadership and read other encouragement, to be challenged in this new marketplace, new technology, ideas, economic trends. And it's a place to research. Check out many of the resources we have online, our videos, and of course, this podcast. Join us today at revthink.com slash community. If you're a creative studio owner, feel free to join us today at revthink.com slash community. I look forward to seeing you there.